0: Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 239 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This episode is part one of two, an interview with Coach Barry Henson. Coach Henson is currently an analyst for the Oklahoma State Men's Basketball Program. Coach Henson has coached high school basketball and college basketball for 40 years. Barry started as a junior high coach and then moved to coaching in high school in Oklahoma. In 1993, he became an assistant at Oral Roberts University, ORU, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He took over as the head coach of ORU in 1997. In 1999, Barry moved to the head coach position at Southwest Missouri State University, now Missouri State University in Springfield, Missouri. Missouri State University is my alma mater. He coached at MSU until 2008 and moved over to the University of Kansas coaching staff for four years. Then in 2012, Barry took the Southern Illinois University SIU in Carbondale, Illinois head coach job. In 2019, he returned to his college alma mater, Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Coach Henson's success as a high school coach, a D1 mid-major coach, and a Power 5 conference basketball coach gives us a great perspective on college basketball recruiting and how student-athletes can be successful both academically and athletically at any level. Coach Henson runs us through, and I mean runs us fast, through many helpful topics in this episode. Topics are COVID versus after COVID, how to get seen by college coaches, the roles of a high school and AAU coach, the role of student-athletes' parents, who to send information to at a college program, the challenges and variables of recruiting local talent, the importance of preparation before entering college, what a day in the life of a college athlete looks like, how athletes hit physical and mental walls, JUCO information, the importance of student-athletes' freshman and sophomore years in high school, the need that a student-athlete needs to get help in the recruiting process, and how time management is a key to college success. Whew! Put on those running shoes and try to keep up with Coach Henson in Part 1 of this interview. Our guest today is Barry Henson. Barry, welcome.
1: Well, Brent, it's my pleasure. Matter of fact, uh, you got to tell your father I said hello, and your mother, I, I cannot begin to tell you, the people that are listening in, about how good you and your family were to me uh, in my nine years as the head coach at Southwest Missouri and Missouri State University. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this.
0: Well, I'm not sure if all the big wins uh, with the Bears were, were our highlight or the time that you cooked barbecue for us uh, over, at, over at your house.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, I've always said the worst barbecue I ever had was sensational. So I take that as a great compliment.
0: Well, it was always good. Look forward to maybe uh, visiting you in Oklahoma and, and doing it again. Hey, Coach, you had a lot of great attributes in, uh, you know, on the floor and off the floor, and uh, I always uh, looked at your recruiting and your team academics, and those were two of your very top things that you did when you're, as you coached through, through your college career. Let's dig into some of those. So currently, what would you say is the best way for a high school student athlete to get a coach's attention at any level of basketball?
1: Brent, first and foremost, uh, I would say this, before the pandemic, there are no hidden secrets. There weren't any hidden treasures because word of mouth, internet, scouting services, recruiting services, being able to see AAU basketball, uh, allowed coaches, there weren't any secrets. This will be an interesting year or two years as we come into these next few recruiting classes because there will be not several but many that will just kind of not be discovered and they won't be discovered two to three years from now you'll be watching a telecast on ESPN and someone will tell the story about how this kid no one saw him because of the pandemic or this or that and now he's got a chance to one day play in the NBA that is definitely going to happen
0: To get seen, what do you think are some of the best things that a a family and a student athlete could do to to help alleviate that?
1: Well, in this year, uh, with this year that we just had, I think your high school coach has to do an enormous amount of work for the student athlete, regardless of what sport it is. Because as coaches, we always hear from parents. And parents, as much as they love their children, you can't fathom the damage that they do when they call coaches. It's amazing what comes out of our mouths. And I'm the leading example of this and how much trouble it can get us into. But I think the high school coach, you know, the AAU coach, the coaches that are involved, in dealing with these young people, uh, it really helps if they're the, the first contact, point of contact. There's nothing wrong with a parent contacting your program. Uh, would you mind looking at this video or this clip? Can I send you a link to hubble Would you mind watching this? And normally that should get assistance or even a grad assistant because a head coach, specifically during this time of the year, rarely is gonna watch that. They're gonna watch film on their next opponent. They're gonna watch film of themselves but they're really not going to bog themselves down right now with recruiting videos coming in of people that they don't know.
0: That's one of the things that we talk about in uh, recruit me. Is we kind of really encourage the kids to reach out to coaches and when and who to contact, and that's that's some great information that we can we can get from you, Barry. I know you know, and again, watching your nine years at Missouri State, I was impressed on on how you got local talent, and then you also got some talent from places and divisions that I had never heard of. What are some of the challenges of recruiting some local players? Well,
1: the challenge is this: if you, it's it's always been this, and, and everybody wants you to. Rec- recruit recruit local talent they always want you to recruit the local players and there's so many variables that go into that and everybody thinks that that local player because he or she may be the star of that team in that community or in that neighborhood it doesn't validate at the level that possibly a a high major mid-major low major division one I do think good players can play college basketball somewhere but when we start talking about the division one level it's just so hard to get specifically to a school like Missouri State or in a Power Five conference like I'm a part of now at Oklahoma State or like I was when I was at the University of Kansas. I don't think people quite understand the athleticism, the length, the strength, the quickness, all of that that we have at this level. But with that being said, if you do find local young men or young women that you know that are good enough, then you take the chance that that local player doesn't play well, doesn't like it, not, not really getting along, this and that. Then you take the wrath of the local people because it's your fault, regardless. We were really fortunate Uh, while I was at Missouri State. and I was very fortunate even even in Carbondale. But the majority of our local players were always fairly successful with us because we knew going into it that they would have to be successful in order for us to be successful. And, And I was so proud of the local guys. I mean, Drew Richards comes to mind. You know Drew was recruited at the time by Bobby Knight at Texas Tech, and I think he had a really great career. Uh, you had Blake Ahern coming out of St. Louis, Nathan Ballou, and Jeremy Nicholson, the Laurie Boys, Devin Mitchell. I I'm, 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 I know I'm Dale Lambert. I'm going to miss some people here. Uh, Sky Frazier that came out of Washington, Missouri. You know we had local guys and uh, Scott Brakeville when I right when I first got there, and uh, but these local guys were always good players for us. And then you look at the the junior college players that we're able to bring in that were played in local communities, such as West Plains. And the two that come to mind are Robert Yanders and uh, Mike Wallace. And then Josh Hume also came out of there. So we felt like with the local players that, we really wanted these guys to be successful, and uh, I'll never forget Devin was being recruited by Nebraska. I can remember the day I got upset in the hallway there at Kickapoo High School when, you know, he said, Roy told me they thought he might go to Nebraska, and I said, Nebraska doesn't love him as much as we do. And I don't get that. I don't understand it. I, I took it personal. Obviously say he made the right choice of staying at Missouri State. And, and I get to follow his life now on Facebook and see those two beautiful young boys that he's got in his family. And I, it just, uh, it makes me feel great.
0: I would say Devon was like a Nolan Ryan type of basketball player. He was a, uh, he was super athletic and he was a thrower. And then uh, through an injury, he became a pitcher. And uh, your development of him really made him a a good all-around, a great all-around basketball player. Coach, what are some advice to a student-athlete about preparing for college?
1: Let's go back to the academic moment that we talked about, because academics are so hard when these young men enter into college, regardless of what level. I'll never forget, uh, I-, I coached a young man one time in high school that was going to the Air Force Academy, and I coached another one that went to uh, West Point. And it was amazing to me how these young men literally started training their bodies, not only during basketball season, but after the season ended. the training that they did to get them ready physically and mentally for going to the service academies. I'm talking about reading and studying when everybody else was going to the lakes and swimming and doing all this stuff in the summertime. These guys were in the library, they were studying, they were getting themselves ready for what was going to happen at the service academies. I would think it would help parents to understand that as soon as they have a son or a daughter that receives a college scholarship, they need to program them because most of these universities now bring them in summer school. And these young ladies and young men need to be ready for the impact that they're getting ready to have on their lives through entering the college realm. And what I mean by that, Brent, is that let's take, for example, our our basketball team, because everybody wants a college scholarship and everybody thinks this is so much fun and we're going to be on ESPN and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But then they don't understand that at 530 in the morning, they've got to be in a strength and conditioning facility And if they're late, then there's going to be a punishment to that. But they've got to be there at 530 in the morning. And then after that strength and conditioning, they're expected that they're going to eat a nutritional balanced breakfast. And after breakfast, then they're going to go to class. Well, we used to go to class. Now we do a Zoom or now we do a virtual deal. But they're going to go to the academic center or they're going to be in class up until noon. At noon, we expect them to eat lunch and we expect them to eat a nutritionally balanced lunch because you burn so many ounces of energy every single day, and it's important for the majority of athletes that we have, I wish this is a problem that I had, that you could continually gain weight and be okay. And then you talk about as soon as the noon hour hits and lunch is over, now we're going into the practice mode. And when we practice, you're talking about film preparation, scout preparation, you're talking about game preparation, You're talking about learning the plays, learning the calls, learning the visual signals. You're talking about a full engulfed basketball class in which you attend every day and wearing a headphone, sitting on the back row, looking at the ceiling, not paying attention. None of those will work in a basketball practice. I I used to tell our student athletes all the time, this is my classroom. I expect you to behave like you would in any classroom. And when you go to science, math, English, whatever you're doing, studying, then I expect you to have the same focus that you have at basketball practice. Now so that it, it'd be nice. It always worked like that. And there were certain professors that didn't demand it as such, but it's really hard. So when you finish practice, then we expect to have the guys go through treat, whether it be the ice bath, whether it be Whirlpool, whether it be therapeutic, whether it be a, a chiropractor visit, a massage, sports massage, But all of this happens after practice. Then the other thing after that is everybody has to go to the academic center up until 9 o'clock in the evening. So at 9 o'clock in the evening, they get from 9 o'clock in the evening till about 5 o'clock the next morning for most of the days. Now, once we get in the season, we're not waking up at 5 a.m., but at the same time, we may be going at 7.30 practice, and let's say we have a game. For example, uh, we just got through playing Kansas the other night on Big Monday, It was an 8 o'clock start game, and we had bad weather, and we pulled in here at 3.45 a.m. in the morning, but yet our guys had to be in class at 8 o'clock. So everybody thinks this is just the greatest thing ever, but parents need to understand when they come here, they are on a full-time schedule, and the best way that parents can help their student athletes is put them on a calendar and a schedule prior to their arrival to the university
0: that's just one day that you covered uh, for for an athlete
1: that's just one day Brent. that's just that, one you're day. exactly right and this is but it's consistently every day the ncaa rules state that every student athlete must have a once in season you must have one day off and we do we take one day off we all need a day off because when you're up at 5:30 and going till nine o'clock at night, you obviously need a day where you can mentally have a time where you can rest your brain, rest your body. And it's just such, a, for example, right now, we're here we are in the month of February. And most of the freshmen in our program and around the universities that i get to watch every night most freshmen are hitting a wall right now because they were already preparing for the state playoffs i mean it's just it's so hard on their bodies physically and mentally
0: are there some things that you could say about maybe high schoolers going to juco and then how they need to prepare from a juco to try to get into a four-year school
1: well i i I think there's all different routes for everybody. You know, some guys can't academically may have come out of a high school that didn't do as good a job as what they should have, or the student athlete. Uh, most of the time, 90%, it's the student athlete that didn't do their job. I'll tell you where the uh, student athletes make their biggest mistakes or in their freshman and sophomore year, because they don't have the foresight or the vision to see where they'll be in their junior and senior year. I can't, tell you how many times that we recruited somebody and we look at their transcript and they say, well, you know, we didn't really do well our freshman year. And I said, yes, you're not going to be able, you're not going to be eligible for division one. You're going to have to play junior college basketball. If we could get parents to understand that when they become freshmen, that's the cornerstone. That right there is the foundation. And coaches, it's hard for coaches at the high school level to even foresee this. Uh, You know, these guys, uh, high school coaches, think they're the hardest workers in the country. Uh, They are, especially if their programs are successful, they're hard workers. They have to teach. Most of them have to drive the bus. Most of them have extracurricular activities that they have to do. They have families. They're not then they have to coach. And, you know, it's just really difficult. And they're not familiar with all the NCAA rules, as same as the counselors. And you have to make sure that you have somebody that is helping you through the process, whether it be your high school coach, someone in AAU, someone, a counselor that understands, or that's been in Division I athletics, or people like you that are providing a podcast to where they can learn these things in order to help their sons and daughters later
0: on probably talked about this a little bit but uh, what are some things that surprise players when they enter college both ac- athletically and academically
1: I, I think this is the biggest thing that surprises them. Time management, and even as adults, we know how hard this is, time management is so important. And then when you look up and they either haven't turned in assignment or they didn't do well on the test or they didn't study or they tried to cram late at night and they didn't do as well as they thought, now they're behind. It is so easy to get behind in college athletics. And once you do, it's just such an uphill battle for them to get back to a level, playing
0: field. I know uh, Parker, he went to summer school there at Northwestern. And if not for anything else, it was just to get acclimated. So when he didn't walk in in the fall, it wasn't just all brand new. So we are big advocates of uh, going to summer school, not taking both time time off either athletically or academically and not getting senioritis your, your last year. Also, one of the things that we talk about in Recruit Me is uh, the main things that your job is as a student athlete your freshman and sophomore year is to take care of grades and visit with your coaches and visit with your counselor. So I'm glad that you uh, brought those points out. I want to thank Coach Henson for all the great information in the Part One episode, and thank you for listening. Be sure to join me next week on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast for Part Two of this interview. Barry will talk about NCAA rules, how recruiting is a family decision, how to find the right fit. Then we jump into what Coach Henson watches for when watching games of a recruit and then Barry's special additional piece of advice. Don't miss next week's episode or any episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app. The last 10 episodes of 2020 had the 10 myths about athletic scholarships from the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. So to start 2021, I'm going to dip into Appendix C of the Recruit Me 3.0 system for frequently asked questions. These questions are from student athletes and parents. I hope you find this Q&A section helpful. Here are actually two questions from Appendix C. Question. I was supposed to graduate four years ago, but I dropped out and got my GED. I am a great long-distance runner and a very good sprinter. I would like to walk on and start from there. Answer. We suggest you go to the NCAA website, www.ncaa.org, and see the academic requirements explained there. From that point, if you want to pursue an athletic scholarship Recruit Me will take you step-by-step through the recruiting and athletic scholarship process. The second question is, I don't know if I could get a scholarship. My team was 0-10 last season. Answer, just because your team had a bad season, don't be discouraged from pursuing a scholarship. What matters most is your own play and stats. While it's always nice to be on a winning team, if you're a standout player with good stats in a league of strong competitors, you can get a scholarship even if your team has a bad season. If you and your high school coach believe you can play well at a college level, you should go for it. I invite you to go to recruit-me.com to get a free power pack on how to get started on recruiting. Also, you can check out all the podcasts of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast and find out more information on the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.